so please keep him in your prayers. But um, I love Brother Harris. He is our missionary. He's our friend. He is our brother, our pastor. Our, he's just a, a blessing. And so I ask him to uh, bring the message this morning, and he willingly um, agreed to do so. I'm thankful for him doing that. Brother Harris, we love you. We're praying for all your family. But uh, you come, bring the word of God to us, please, sir. Amen. I had to come by and give Jordan a hug for you. I got up here. And uh, thank you for Jordan. Jordan's been down there with us. And, and uh, uh, we went and thought it, didn't we? No white man in the world is supposed to go in the Doug and Carol didn't know that at the time, but anyway. Went to Kananea together. Uh, not supposed to take that road either. Amen. Good to be here. Uh, I was not planning to be here, and I was not ready to be here. I'm supposed to be here next year, and I wasn't ready to be here next year yet, yet either. And uh, then God changed those plans, and I'm all right with being here for why I'm here. I didn't plan to be here. I thank God for being here Thursday night. And uh, um, Brother Nathaniel goes, is he still in here or did he go next door? I mean, Brother Matthew. Next door, okay. I said, Brother Matthew, I said, of, of all the flags that you leave out, you cannot leave the Central African Republic out. So we rectified that this morning. And it's hanging over there where I sit. And I don't know which one we took out. I looked, but I couldn't figure it out. But anyway, we, we took one out. So whoever put that one up, my apologies. I know Brother Matthew did. But anyway, he, he was on it. I said that to him Thursday night, first thing this morning. He come in and I was already up the ladder, though, when he came, you know, up my father's apple tree before he got there. But anyway, was looking for it. Had to get that flag up. Uh, let me give you a little history of those flags. Uh, we started hanging those flags in 1986. Uh, a lot of these flags were handmade by Mom Wilson. Uh, Central African Republic. Back then, you couldn't buy all these. And those are brackets. Those are Dad Wilson's design. Set me up on a bridge port, and I made the brackets. He designed them, and Mom made most of the flags, and we put them up. And uh, they mean something. They were meant to mean something. Uh, more than just that, but they mean a lot more than maybe what you see. And so when you remember them, remember your missionaries. Amen. Brother Tyler, I thank you for the Sunday school lesson. Uh, Peggy and I sat back there and, yep, been there. Yeah, I remember that. Caesarea Maritime, where Paul was kept in prison, they found that last year, and they're opening it this year. It's an old cistern, under sea level, within a hundred yards of the sea. Uh, it couldn't have been a nice place. Appreciate the church's uh, uh, show of gratitude and kindness. Yesterday at our uh, the funeral, thank you for coming. 
and appreciate that. Dad Chen was saved here at his Addale Baptist Temple. And uh, uh, those days were years ago, but thank God for that. Um, my wife was saved here at Kazadale Baptist Temple. I met my wife here at Kazadale Baptist Temple. We have been sent out as missionaries from Kazadale Baptist Temple. I came to Kazadale Baptist Temple by invitation of a friend in sixth grade in 1976. Thank you, Doug. Uh, I believe Brother Hiles was our Sunday school teacher, if I remember right. You go in the other building in that room. That was where our Sunday school class was. I can still remember that. Uh, that's a few years ago, 1976. So, um, yeah, that's our time back in then. All right. And thank you, Pastor, for the opportunity to preach. Pastor asked me Thursday night. And uh, I believe, I was talking to Sean last night, uh, he came in about, I don't know, 11 o'clock, and we talked about midnight. And uh, and I was telling Brother Sean, uh, the difference is, is I believe in the local church, and Brother Sean kind of looked at me like, yeah, we all do. I said, no, I actually believe in the local church. I know a lot of missionaries that say they do, but they don't practice it. So they don't believe in the local church. I don't care what they say. But I believe in the local church, and I believe God sets up an authority in the local church, and I believe that's the pastor. And I know my pastor wants to make sure that there's a proper honor uh, given to his missionary, but I also believe he follows the Lord regardless. And uh, so I thank you, Pastor, for the opportunity. Okay, well, uh, Pastor Carter preached on the tale of two churches. That was an excellent message. Uh, I got a tale of two messages today. <laughs> so we're going to start, and then we're going to go to another one, all right? So, um, but let's start in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, and let's go to our theme verse of the conference t- today. I've got six minutes, okay? At least this clock says 11.54, so. Malachi, why did you take all my time for? <laughs> it's already 11.55. I just lost one just making that. Okay. But I want to go to our, our theme of a missions conference, and, uh, and let, let, me, let me make my prayer to the Lord, and, uh, and then we'll look at what God has for us. God, thank you. And, uh, Lord, I pray that you would hide me behind the cross of Calvary. And then, Lord, I pray that the cross of Christ might be lifted up, Christ on the cross, risen and coming again. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, I'm going to go through this very, very quickly. All right. Uh, If you do not, if you take notes, I doubt you'll get them all, okay? Okay. Buy the CD. I don't think they do that anymore. But anyway, uh, and, and you may. Have, but um, so let's let's look at the theme of the conference, and then I want to look after we look at the theme of the conference. Um, I just uh, I want to look at the theme of the cause. All right. So the theme of the conference first, and then the second. Tale of the second message is the theme of the cause, okay? Um, and, and here in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 1, Paul says, Be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. And he says, Now I praise you, brethren, that ye remember me in all things and keep the ordinances as I delivered them to you. I Normally, if there's a, a theme verse for a conference, I do my best. I believe, again, I believe in the local church. And I believe God put that theme on the past, on the heart of the pastor of the local church, and therefore I need to be guided by that because that's the Lord's leading. All right. Uh, and if I'm going to preach something different, I need to make sure that uh, 
I have the Lord's leading away from what God's already led the pastor to, 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 to preach on. And I, I, I did not hear all the messages this week. In fact, I only heard Thursday. I, I have tuned in as we've been driving uh, since Monday for the Remember Me moments uh, just to see what they're about. But uh, I didn't want to keep the Internet on my phone going uh, the whole service. So I haven't listened to all the messages, but uh, and so maybe maybe pa- Pastor um, Carter has touched this. I don't know, but I, 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 after preparing the message that I'm going to, secondly, the theme of the cause, I'm going, uh, the Lord just wouldn't let me loose on, on, on at least touching the theme of the conference first, and so I want to do that. Um, so first of all, we find the people. Number one, the people. Ye, brethren, you, ye, you, all right? It's, it's, it's about you. As the membership of Kazadale Baptist Temple, that's, that's, that's who this is to, okay? Uh, and so Paul says, but ye, be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. Now I praise you, brethren, that ye remember me in all things and keep the ordinance as I have, as I delivered them to you. So you're, 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 you're who we're talking to. And you know this, because I've said this from this pulpit, but I'm not preaching over your head. Brother Sutherland, I'm preaching to you, you know. And Brother Sean hadn't been here to get this one, so I'll give it to him. Brother Sean, I'm not preaching to whoever's behind you. I'm preaching to you, all right? And, 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 and so ye, the people. Number two, the, the plea, be ye followers of me. Be ye followers of me. I was preaching a couple weeks ago, I guess, there at Magdalene, and and, and it wasn't part of the message, but, uh, and it wasn't Romans 12, 1 and 2, which is our most uh, probably known, I beseech you, therefore, brethren. But it was another, I beseech you, I think it's in Second Thessalonians. But anyway, I just had to stop and think, you know, why would Paul have to do that? Be- beseech means to beg. Because we all have this idea that, you know, the, the churches in, in the Bible were, you know, the perfect thing. And Paul's saying, I- I'm begging you, please. And well, we haven't fallen fall from the apple tree, have we? So we find the plea, be ye, be ye followers. Uh, and then we find the path. He says, be ye followers. Uh, there's a path, get, get on it, amen? Uh, it's outlined in the Word of God. Uh, and then we find the pilot. He says, be ye followers of me. Uh, he's the pilot. And uh, praise God that we have faithful pilots, pastors uh, in our church, faithful pilots, missionaries in our church, faithful pilots, uh, men of renown, men of old, Dad Wilson, uh, and those, uh, Brother Spencer, and uh, Bob Hood, and those, those who have gone on before, and, and, and now it's your turn, and, and uh, be ye followers of me. I, I pray that everybody in our community can, can, that knows you and doesn't know pastor says, I'm following him. The church. I, I, I'm following him because he's given me a godly example. And then he says, Be ye followers of me. And then we find the pattern. And the pattern says, As even as I also am of Christ. Now there's the pattern. It's not Paul. Fo- follow the pilot, but he's not the pattern. And follow pastor, but he's not the pattern. And follow me, but I'm not the pattern. I'm just the pilot. I'm a guide on this road. And I sent my daughter Abigail, I think this uh, uh, many months ago, is a little thing I found that says, uh, after 40-some years uh, of uh, losing people on the trail, I think it's time for me to retire as the guide. And I thought, oh, that, that, that's, yeah, finally. Anyway, but, but it's, it's, it's Christ that's the pattern. And then, and then we find um, the pursuit, as I also am of Christ. He's the pattern. He's the pursuit. And then we find the praise. Now, I praise you. Uh, amen. Brethren, again, people. We find the participation, that ye remember me. There's the participation. Now, Little three notes off the side of that that all start with the same P again. But uh, remember me, it, it was personal. And I tell you why I really had to let the Lord 
work in my life to preach this morning, it's not about me, and I just don't really uh, want to stand here. Because when you see that, remember me, I was talking about Sean last night. When you see, as Kazadale Baptist Temple, remember me, and we know it's talking about the Apostle Paul, but when this church thinks about remember me, it's thinking about Stephen Harris. And then it's thinking about Ted Alexander and Jody Hodnett and Brian Elam and John Elam. And, uh, but it was personal. It has to be personal. Uh, remember me. And, and then, then I want you to notice his participation was proportional. He says, remember me in all things. What's the proportion there? All things. All things. Uh, I tried to teach Mojave Baptist Church that as a church, they were responsible for their pastor. Period. And as a church, you're responsible for your missionaries. In all things. Just like as a parent, you're responsible for your child. There's no going back. You're responsible for your child. So there's a proportion, and then there's it's practical, the word things. Remember me in all things. And so that participation is practical. You know, let's not try to allegorize it. Let's not try to spiritualize it. Let's not try to... Malachi, I think, did a very apt job of, of uh, uh, speaking of what Pastor was trying to uh, bring out in this re-entry. Uh, and he has. And I sat there and cried while he was talking. I, I know it. And I know what my kids have gone through. Make it practical. And so it's a, remember me, the theme of the conference, the people, the plea, the path, the pilot, the pattern, the praise, the participation. And then... But, but if there's one point I can highlight in this, remember me, it's the priorities. He says, and keep the ordinances. That's the priority. Now, I, I, I believe I heard Pastor mention this this week, or maybe not this week, but the last Thursday nights. I've been listening to those messages, and and I've said it, and and uh, it's not new, but boy, we need to be very careful as a church. And this probably is going to sound wrong to you, and that's fine. I'd rather it sound wrong to you and make you think about it than just to blow it over and sell them. And I thought about having uh, Brother Suso, uh, Brother Huggins, whoever is good at putting that stuff up on the map, Put a put a put a uh, a thing of the Central African Republic up here, and then to have them focus in on Bria, where I was, Epi's where I was born, and Bria's where I was raised, and Yalinga and all that part. And it's just jungle. I'm a jungle boy. And Brother Carter sang. Who will go to America? And I went. And I'll go again. <clears throat> you know the history of Kazaddale? It was founded by a man by the name of John Kozad. The railroad town. John Kozak got tarred and feathered and run out of town, embezzlement. He left Kazaddale, Ohio, and he went to a place in Nebraska, and he started another town. It's called Kozad, Nebraska. There's no independent. 
There's no independent Baptist church in Cosad, Nebraska. I've gone. I've stood under the sign. I've walked the streets, handed out tracts. said, Lord, here am I. I'll start Kozad Baptist Temple. Why not? My wife and I have been 48 states. We missed, somehow we missed Vermont. I don't know how we did that. But we have this hole to go to Vermont. Well, of course, we haven't hit Alaska, but we'll get there by the grace of God. But you know, name me an independent Baptist church in Vermont. You know, tell me a missionary that has a supporting church in Vermont that of our like precious faith. I'm going to be with the pastor next week next out of Maine. Praise the Lord. And you know what I'm going to talk to him about? Vermont. My dad's church... First Baptist Church that sent him to Africa in 1950 closed their doors. Officially, I forget how many years ago, and before they closed their doors, they called me and said, Would you please come? What do I say? And then uh, I was surfing. And uh, the internet and $39,000, I could have bought the building, my dad's church. I thought, I got $39,000 somewhere that I can buy that building. What are you going to do with it? I'm going to start a church. I say that. To say, I can go back to the Central African Republic, surprised Brother Sousa doesn't have it pulled up yet. <laughs> I'm not asking you to, Brother Sousa, I'm just. We can zoom in. And you know, there's no missionaries in the Central African Republic, and there hasn't been any missionaries of like precious faith in the Central African Republic. When I left in 1986, when I left with my dad, the older lady missionaries came to me and said, Stephen, you've got to come back to Africa. And I wanted, if you know me, high school, you ask, you know, what's Stephen up to? You know, he's going to go back to Africa as a missionary. I, I wouldn't date my wife unless she was willing to say, I'll be a missionary's wife to Africa if that's what God wants. And God didn't send me there. And there's not been anybody since then there, and there's nobody at all now. I think I heard a statistic the other day that 30% of all African children are literal orphans. There's orphanage in Mexico, and you're going to be hard find to find an honest orphan in Mexico. What you'll find is kids whose parents, because the white man's got money, they're sending them over there. They're not orphans. And that bothers me. And uh, anyway, I, I, I've, I've got this dream that there's a place called Garangu. It's, it's outside of the capital city. I can't go back to Bria and Ipi and Yalinga and all those places. I mean, those used to be. Uh, you know, the end of the line, the line no longer runs there anymore. You can only get outside the city about a little bit. But I can go in Garangu, and I could take you to the exact piece of property that I would want to buy, and I would like to build an orphanage. And I'd like to have a school for the whole village. And I know that I could raise funds through all kinds of organizations. 
But my point in saying this is to say this. That's not the Great Commission. That's not the Great Commission. You say, are you against supporting orphanages? Now listen carefully. If it's coming out of missions money, absolutely I'm against it. Because missions money is the Great Commission. To teach, preach, and teach. Am I against supporting orphanage? Weren't you listening? I just said I'd love to start an orphanage. But it's not taking God's money to do it. Pure religion and undefiled. You can be religious and do that. And if I was, if God ever allowed me my big dreams, probably a nightmare. I know it'd be my wife's nightmare. To do that, I would come as a missionary and say, I'm in Garangu to start an independent Baptist church. And people would say, but don't you have an orphanage? Well, yeah, we have an orphanage. But don't you have a school? Yeah, we have a school. Don't you have this? And Yeah, we have all that. Well, let, let's support that. No, you don't support. You support. If it's coming out of missions, it's for the work of the ministry. Now, if on the side... You as a church, or on the side, you as a member of a church, through your pastor's permission, wants to be part of an orphanage, go for it. But don't give me a dime out of your missions program. Because, again, that's not missions. Now, I believe in having a pure word of God, and I believe anybody doesn't have one, we need to get them one. But again, publishing scripture is not mission work. Be very careful. Because I can take you to people who are wasting the Lord's money. And so be very careful of the priority. Keep the ordinances. And then Paul says, the past, the pledge, the permanence, as I delivered them to you. And and that's simply saying this it doesn't change amen it doesn't change I was talking to brother Sean again last night and as I was talking to brother Sean I said you know brother Sean I thank God for you I watched churches change and my dad get left behind because my dad just stayed faithful to the truth he didn't move but everybody around him moved on And I thank God that since 1986, as a missionary at Kazadale Baptist Temple, I don't have to move on. And Sean, he's my, uh, what's the word, pastor? He's my guarantee. Because I said, Sean, I know what you believe, and I know you're not open to changing that, and you're not going to get over here and say, well, you know what, things have changed, and times have changed, and no, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and you know, we're not going to change doctrine. And again, that was the, the importance of message on Thursday night, the tale of two churches, the difference between a culture of self and a culture of serving the Savior. And, uh, and so, you know, the I said Bob, but Ed Hood and uh, Bob Spencer and Larry Wilson, they're not here anymore. And Doug's my age. We're still young. Right. And uh, and I, I am so grateful that, Sam, good to meet you. I'm glad you're here. And I can go through, and I've met the other. I, met, I think I've met most of the others. I forget your, I've forgotten your name. I apologize. Okay. Uh, but I remember meeting you last time I was in, 
Sam and Andrea. I just met them this time. I'm so glad they're here. But he's my guarantee that this church is going to stay focused as I delivered them unto you, Paul says. You're not going to move because you got a new generation, and I'm not worried about this new generation. <laughs> oh, God, help our soul with this new generation, you know. Uh, that where, where is our church going? I know where it's going because he's our newest missionary. And he's on the same path I was on in 1986. That means the church is on the same path I was on in 1986. And so by the grace of God, if God allows him to be here 40 years, then the church is still going to be here in 40 years. It's on the same path. I'll be gone by then. I'm sure I'll be gone by then. I mean, you know, I'd be, I'd be as old as my dad. I, I got to be gone by then. I, I'm sure of it, you know. And Anyway, let's take our Bibles and turn over to Acts chapter 8. So there's the theme of the conference. Now let me give you very quickly, if I can, the theme of the cause. Is there not a cause? In, in Acts chapter number 8, this is a very familiar passage of Scripture. This is the passage of Scripture that uh, where Philip has been sent out by the church, and he's gone to Samaria, and God's blessed in Samaria. And, and let me kind of back up and say, well, Pastor, what about New Zealand? Uh, if you remember that, you keep praying about that. I, I got a New Zealand tie on. It's very, very slight, but uh, all I need is an open door. All right? And I'm gone. But I also meant to say, how many independent Baptist missionaries, local church Baptist missionaries, do you know of in France? Because if you know one, let me know, because I don't know of any. And I reckon I probably know of them. I'd have to brush up on a real rusty French. I hardly parlez vous français anymore, you know, it's just, it's just really... I'll go to France. They say, well, where are you going? Man, you're talking all over the world. The field is the world. And I have a hard time, you know, of Cozad, and I have a hard time in Vermont because, you know, almost anywhere you go, anywhere you go in America. Remember that song? <laughs> what was it? It was a real estate company, wasn't it? Century 21 will be there or something like that. Uh, I'm out hunting, you know, and years ago, I haven't been for a long time, but I'd be out in the middle of nowhere, almost lost. And there's a beer can. It's like, what? I'm almost lost, and there's a beer can sitting here, you know? And, and I feel that way. In America, I mean, yeah, I agree. We are falling hard and fast, but there's still, compared to France... Compared to New Zealand? Compared to Tasmania? Where are you going? I, I'm just going wherever God says that's the way the ship's headed, I'm headed there. But you just keep praying and, you know. Anyway, let's go back to Acts chapter number 8. And So Philip is in Samaria, and man, the whole city hears the gospel in, in the whole city. I mean, I'd be hard to leave as a pastor. And I know because that's where we were with Mojave. We were busting the seams in Mojave, and God was giving us amazing future. And God said, all right, now it's time to leave. <laughs> like, Lord, I was ready to leave three years ago, but now after 10, I thought I was staying. And by the way, where am I going? And God says, I'll show you. And then... But he says, go down to the road to Gaza, which is desert, literally deserted. And, and, and I've said this years ago, you know, preaching, and, you know, I can just, I, 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 like, to, I like to be who I'm reading about, I guess. And, and so here, here I am, Philip, you know, God's sent me down here, and, and uh, I'm down there now, and, and that, that part of Israel is desolate. And uh, uh, I'm sitting on a rock, the baking sun, and it's desolate. 
I mean, there's not even an oasis, you know. And, uh, and so I say to God, just like Jonah, wasn't this my saying when I was in my own country? <laughs> there's nobody down here. And all of a sudden, and now look, there's a dust devil coming. Wait a minute. That's dust being caused by a chariot. Driving like Jehu. And I'm watching this chariot coming towards me at a breakneck speed. And he was the eunuch of the queen of Ethiopia in care of all of her treasury. So I imagine he was traveling in style. You know, he wasn't in ta-dum, ta-dum, ta-da-dum. It was, you know. Man, that guy is getting it. His horse's name was Ferrari. (laughs) And then the Holy Spirit says, hurry up, join thyself to that chariot. And Philip's like, what? But he gets up, his legs are already moving. And he's running after the chariot. And the Ethiopian eunuch just kind of, he's reading, so probably got a driver because he's probably not reading and driving like I've seen some of you doing this week. <laughs> Hi, Mrs. Lee. How are you doing? I mean, Mrs. Yeah, Mrs. Lee back there. She came around the corner. She didn't know I even saw her because she was on her phone. I thought, boy, it's a good thing she knew there was a car here anyway. But anyway. And by the way, never stick a pin in your mouth when you're driving down the road. Somebody might think you're smoking. Just don't do that. Anyway. Uh, and, uh, and put a smile on your face. Amen. They shouldn't see you with a frown. They say, well, you don't know what I was going through. Yeah, you just put a smile on your face because God is good. Amen. And when you see me next time and I've got a frown on my face, remind me, Pastor, I saw you with a frown on your face, and, and thank you, thank you. I'm going to try to do better and put a smile on my face. Amen. Anyway. And so Philip goes, joins himself. That's the passage of Scripture we're reading. I, I want to give you six points is what I've got on the absolute necessity or the absolute necessary ingredients of salvation. That's the that's the theme of the cause of why I'm in Mexico. Because every day they pass me by and I can see it in their eyes lonely people filled with fear headed who knows where People need the Lord. That's the theme of the cause. My dad used to say, you couldn't pay me enough money to be outside the United States. And I looked at him and I thought, Dad, we've never been in the United States. What do you mean you could pay him enough? We don't have hardly any support. And then I realized, ah, he's there for the Lord. I had a missionary wife in, in Africa. Margaret Buer was her name. When they got married, she found out that her husband's favorite food was Spanish rice. Now, don't ask me to cook. I burn water. <laughs> it is. Well, at least you burn the pan, you got the water boiling in anyway, yeah. So I'm not a I don't know what I don't know what that's. And my wife will go. It's got a little bit of rosemary in it. And like I don't know, tasted good, tasted bad, whatever you know. But I do know that if I was going to cook Spanish rice, I know one ingredient I'd put in there. It would be rice. She cooked her husband's favorite meal. 
with no rice. And they knew something was wrong. And she's t- he's trying to eat this as a newborn husband, a newborn husband, as a, <laughs> as a new married husband. And what do you think? And you know, what are you supposed to say? You don't want to discourage her for the rest of your life. He goes, are you sure you put everything in here? Or you don't like it? No, no, it's good. I just think it's missing something. And they started going through the ingredients, and he, he finally says, and the rice? Of course, she broke down, cried, never cooked it again. But anyway. <laughs> There's a lot of us who are missing the ingredients of biblical salvation. A lot of missionaries that are missing the ingredients of biblical salvation. And can I give them to you real quick? Number one, there has to be the passion of a sovereign God. For God so loved the world. You don't preach the passion of a sovereign God, you've missed an ingredient in salvation. Number two, there has to be the payment of the Son that he sent his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Jesus paid it all. There can, no man cometh from the Father, but by me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. There has to be the passion of a sovereign God if you don't understand that there's a sovereign God that, that, that has sent his only begotten son. You don't understand salvation. And people that are trying to preach another God other than God the Father of the word of God, they're missing a very vital ingredient the salvation's plan. And then people who don't preach on the payment of the Son and are trying to find some other way to pay the price. My nephew, who's wasted 30-some years of his life in drugs, he told me he was trying to witness to one of our nieces and he, he asked the niece, he said, do you get a shower? Do you get, do you get a shower before you get a shower? And it's like, what kind of question is that? Then why would you try to come to God and clean yourself up? Jesus paid it all. And then number three, there is a vital ingredient missing in salvation if there's not been the probing of the Spirit of God. Most of what is known as fundamentalism is missing the probing of the Spirit of God. The Bible says that we come to the Father, to the Son, but no man can come unless the Spirit draws him. I was uh, reading a missionary letter, and I'm trying to think of who it was, but a friend, may have been one of our own, and they were asking for prayer for a man, and, 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 and they said, I, I, I tell you who it was, it was Pastor Ian Stevens in Emmanuel Independent Baptist Church in, 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 in Canberra, Australia. He's been dealing with a man by name, I'll leave the name out. But he's been dealing with the man, uh, and, and, and he says he's been attending, I think he said, for three months, and he finally understands repentance. He's, he's got it now. But he just doesn't understand that he needs to be saved. And I thank God for a man that's willing to say, I'm not going to come to this gentleman and say what we term as repeat after me. One, two, three, repeat after me. And then we say four, five, six. We hope it sticks. It won't. 
But the Holy Spirit has to draw people. That's not an excuse. When I say that the Holy Spirit has to draw people to salvation, I have to look at me and say, shame on me that he's not using me to do so. What's wrong in my life that 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 man is not just convicted of his need for the gospel of Christ. Paul said, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. But there has to be the probing of the Holy Spirit of God because without the Holy Spirit of God, you have a false profession. They have a false, false profession. And they've been made twice for the child of the devil. There has to be a sovereign, the passion of a sovereign God. There has to be the payment of, of, of the Son. There has to be the probing of the Spirit. And then... Psalms 19.1 says that heavens declare the glory of God, the firmament showeth his handiwork. All nature screams that there's a God. But it doesn't teach that Jesus is the way to God. You'll not find that in nature. Where do you find that? You find that in the precepts of the scriptures. We preachers get it from there. But we're not the source. All of nature, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. It's a fool that, that looks at anything and says, I don't believe in God. I'm not going to call you that, but I'm just going to tell you what the Bible calls you, thou fool. And I had a man in Australia, a young man in Australia come to me and he says, Pastor Harris, he says, you know, I was, in, I was teaching institute classes and he said, Pastor Harris, he says, I've got a professor in, in uni that 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 doesn't believe in God and that doesn't believe that there is a God and I said he's a liar and go tell him I said so I said no really go tell him I said so because I know he's a dirty rotten liar because in his heart he knows there's a God and don't you believe it for a minute that he's telling you he doesn't believe in a God he believes in a God he's just trying to ignore that and go confront him with it There is no man that does not believe in God. The fool hath not said in his mind, he said in his heart. Because his mind then told him there is a God. He just wants to deny it in his heart. Because with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. But there has to be the precepts of the scripture. I don't believe you have to have (laughs) your family Bible tucked under your arm, you know, when you're going out soliding and... Hello, my name is Stephen Harris. I'm from Kazadil Baptist Temple. And see, you know, and you've got to have a wagon to carry it. In fact, in, in, in Mexico, I don't even carry my Bible. I don't even have a derringer in my pocket. But I got buckshot <laughs> in the form of a track. But you know what? Even if I didn't have a track, you know what? I can still win a soul to Christ. Because thy word, if I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. And the entrance of thy word giveth light. And I have that in my heart. And I can tell that the Bible says. And God the Holy Spirit has already dealt in his life. He doesn't necessarily have to see it on paper. He can hear it. And faith cometh by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. But I'm telling you this. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to say you don't need to. I'm not one of those guys that says, you know, that you, know you, you need to have a copy of the word of God in your hand to lead a soul to Christ. And if you don't have a copy of the word of God in your hand, that soul wasn't lost. That soul wasn't saved. And maybe somebody doubting their salvation because the Bible wasn't around when you got saved. No, the Bible had to be found. It doesn't have to be this paper. But it has to be the word of God. Be carefuling with counseling that doesn't is not based on the word of God. It's to no avail is what that is. Scriptures, the precepts of the scriptures. Okay, number five. Man. All right, number five. Another ingredient in in the theme of the cause of why I'm in Mexico and while wherever he Leads, I'll go. Number five. We need the preaching of the saint or the persuasion of the soul winner. Let me ask you, do you know somebody that's lost? 
And may I ask you, why are they still lost? And may I ask you, is it because there is an absence of the preaching of the soul winner, the persuasion of the saint? That's you? That you're the missionary God sent them? We had a man by the name of Max. He's 25 years old. In our house last Wednesday. Showed up at 3 o'clock. He's from Germany. How in the world did Max from Germany get at my house at 3 o'clock? He rode a motorbike there. Now, how do you know where I live? Because I told him where I lived. Well, where in the world did you meet Max from Germany? At Carl's Jr. Nogales, of course. And why did you meet Carl, Max from Germany in Carl's Jr. at Nogales? Because he had British Columbia plates on his motorcycle. I mean, it's obvious, right? And I pulled into Carl's Jr. because I was hungry. And I'm cheap. And I can get a burger for like two seventy nine, And that's all I need. And I thought, hey, okay, I'll do that before I get hangry. Because I do that a lot. Then I'm no good. And so I pulled in there. And it's about 1.30, 2 o'clock maybe. And I was heading up to pick up Peggy. She was flying in from Idaho. She got to see the grandbabies I haven't. You know, that's okay. That's all right. (laughs) And uh, I said, oh, nice. It's a BMW 650GS. I wonder where he's from. Obviously where he's going, he's going to Mexico. I walked by his plates and it said British Columbia. I thought, boy, he's already come a long ways. So I went in, I ordered my burger, and they said, oh, hey, this is your number, I'll bring it, we'll bring it to you. And I turned around, and, well, there he is. How do you know? He dressed a little different than most guys riding in a car. You know, and so I said, hey, how you doing? Fine. I said, all the way from British Columbia. Hey? <laughs> and he says... Actually, I'm from Germany. I said, evidently, you're headed to Mexico. Yeah, I'm headed right in. I said, do you know how to get there? Down the road, but you know, do you know how, do you know what you're supposed to do when you get there? Do you know where you're supposed to stop to get your paperwork and all that? And he goes, well, no, I don't. I said, well, here, let me show you on my phone or I'll pinpoint it on your phone. I'm not that technologically ignorant. You know, I can do a little bit of that. And so he hands me his phone, and we went to Google Maps, and I said, now, you're not going to be able to see it. you probably drive right by it. I said, but so, you know, this is the point, pinpoint it, and then we took the street view so he can see it from the street as he's driving by. And I said, you got to stop here, and I said, I'd, I'd love to help you. I said, but I'm headed north. I said, but here, let me give you my phone number, and I gave him my phone number, and I gave him a track, and then I was able to talk to him about the Lord. I left him. I went north, and he, and then I, he gave me his Instagram thing, and so I emailed, I Instagrammed him. I don't know what that's called. I am that ignorant. But anyway, and so I messaged him on Instagram. I said, hey, Max, it was great to meet you. I meant what I said. If I can help you out, please do not hesitate to give me a call and put my phone number back in there. He texted me later that, or messaged me, whatever you called it, later that night, and says, hey, I, I, I couldn't make it into Mexico. I'm stuck in Nogales for a couple days. I said, hey, I'll be traveling back in tomorrow with my wife. I said, uh, if I can do anything for you, let me know. And we messaged back and forth for a little bit. And, I, and he, he, he didn't have his original papers. I said, man, if I'd known that, I would have told you, don't even try. You're not going to get in. You've got to have original papers. He says, I lost them. I got a call for Canada. He says, well, I'll get them tomorrow. I'm thinking, ain't no way you're getting original motorcycle papers from Canada, being a German, tomorrow from Canada. You're not going to do it. You're not going to do it. I'm just telling you, you're not going to do it. I thought, whatever. Lots of luck with that one. And so then I text, um, texted him back or messaged him back or whatever you call that. And, and, and I said, hey, Max, I said, listen, you don't need papers to live to be in Magdalena. You don't need papers. You don't need car papers. Uh, Malachi's younger siblings have come down. Zip. There's no papers. 
no passports, no nothing we've done. I've, I've, I've done the back and forth across Mexico line with no passport forever. Don't tell him, but I do it, okay? <laughs> and so she came, Malachi's youngest sister came in, you know, and they printed out a little card, the homeschool card. That was her proof of who she was, that in a, in a birth certificate. And he goes, yeah, I don't think we can take that. I said, we got a birth certificate. He goes, that'll be better. But anyway, so I told Max, come on in. I said, we'll work on your papers from here, and at least you'll have a place to stay. I came home. I said, by the way, hon, Max is coming. Who's Max? Max is from Germany. How do you know Max? Well, I met him. Carl's Jr. Where else? <laughs> we got a free room. We got a big yard. But I get another opportunity to talk to him about the gospel. And uh, he ended up with his papers. His, he had broke down, and his mechanic had stuck his papers where they should have been, but he didn't have them, if you understand that, okay? And most papers are under the motorcycle seat, okay? He left the seat, and there's papers. Well, was, he had had them in a secure box, because he's going to Mexico. Everybody knows motorcycle papers are under the seat. Well, his mechanic took him out of the secure box, put him under the seat, and he didn't know, and he couldn't find him in his secure box. And then his battery exploded on him, and he had to pick up his seat to get his battery put, put off fire, and there, there's his papers. And so he's like, oh, great. So he bought a new battery, got his papers, and he came on in. He, said, he calls me at noon. He says, I'm running late. I said, no problem. We're here whenever you get here. Got there at 3 o'clock. I said, Max, we're leaving in a couple hours. We're going to church. I'll go with you. Love to have you. Comes out dressed in his Jesus zapatos, known as flip-flops, and his shorts. Motorcycle drivers don't carry tuxedos. <laughs> Let's go, Max. People are like, who's he? Is he one of your sons? I said, no, he's from Germany. We spent the whole next day with Max. I got to talk to him about the Lord. My wife got to witness to him about the Lord. We sent him on away with the Bible. We sent him on away with the track and my phone number, my contact. He didn't get saved. But boy, we were able to plant a seed. But there's no salvation without the persuasion of a soul winner, without the preaching of a saint. And maybe that soul that God has is just waiting on somebody to sow the seed. Number six, and I'm done. Thank you for your time. The Bible says in Luke 19.10, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save. Now, how many people did Jesus come to save? Come on, you know, church. Amen. I witnessed a guy over there on O'Banionville Road. On uh, whatever day that was, Friday. Because God put him in my path. That's why I witnessed to him. And he was trying to teach me on election and all that kind of stuff. I really wished he was. But not yet. What do you mean, not yet? Well, the Bible says that God's elected all men to be saved through Jesus Christ. That's all election means. He's elected the way to be saved. It doesn't mean you're going to be or not be. But once he gets saved, yeah, he'll be one of the elect. Because there's only one way to get saved, and that's through Jesus Christ. But I was talking to him, and he mentioned that. And the Lord came to seek and to save that which was lost. He didn't. He can't save anybody that's not lost. And there's a lot of people that have become religious, but they never had a relationship with Christ because the Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. Destituidos is the word in Spanish of short of the glory of God. There's nothing you can do until you come to the place that you realize an ingredient of salvation is that perishing soul. I 
I'm trying to think of that song when my soul was... That's the song. If I could find the tune, but I can't even find the words. But I was lost, condemned, undone, till Jesus came my way. And that's an ingredient of salvation. There's a lot of people got religion. They never got saved. Because it's kind of like that rice in the Spanish rice. There's a lot of people got religion, but they not got saved because, you know, it's, there's not been that preaching of the soul winner. It's, it's kind of like that rice in the Spanish rice. And we can go back to those, but you got them. And that's the essence of and that's the theme of what this whole week's focus and cause has been. God, thank you for your opportunity to present your word. Thank you for the patience of each and every.